0: I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. This is part two of our mini back to school series. Last week, we heard from Bailey Baker about practical mom hacks for the back to school season. No worries. I did not forget about you homeschool moms. This week, I invited my friend Erin Etheridge on the show to chat about how she runs her business while homeschooling her three curious kids. Erin was a previous guest on the show, and you can hear her story in episode number 40. I'll put the link in the show notes. Today, Erin shares all about her homeschool philosophy and how she incorporates her kids into different areas of her business. One of her sweet kiddos also makes an appearance in the episode, You Won't Want to Miss It. Your heart will be encouraged to hear how you can find success in your social selling business, even in the busiest seasons of life. Hi Erin, thank you so much for being a repeat guest on Directly Different. I'm so thrilled to have you on to chat about all things homeschool and your experience with that. But like I said, you're a repeat guest. So fill us in on any big life updates since your last episode aired last July. And I will say, if you're listening go back and listen to episode number 40 because that is Aaron's episode. And it was excellent, if I do say so myself. So go ahead, Erin. Let us know about any big life updates since we last chatted.
1: Oh, Tiffany, I'm just honored that you invited me back because you're just so much fun to talk to. So um, thanks for having me again. And yeah, so... My husband retired after 24 years in the military um, right before we spoke, so we were still kind of figuring out what life looks like after military, and um, at this point, he is taking contract jobs doing very similar things anyway, so he's gone you know, a week or two out of the month anyway, um, so it looks pretty much very similar, <laughs> but now he gets to choose when he comes and goes. Um, so that's, that's very nice. Um, and then since then I have also taken a role at my church as their digital communications manager. And so I do all their social media, all their emails and everything graphics. So I get to take a lot of what I've learned from my direct sales business and use it at my church. And, um, I also am directing a program in classical conversations. So I get to connect what I have learned in my homeschool um, experience, which I know we're going to be talking more about later. And um, yeah, and share with other homeschool students. And then I've also been expanding my painting experience. So I focused on watercolor painting for about four years. And so I'm starting to learn acrylics as well. So that's um, I've cut off the kind of custom orders for that, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I think it's important that as busy as we are and with our businesses that we're running, that we still invest in ourselves for something that we just enjoy doing.
0: Yes. You are a renaissance woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> multi-passionate. Uh, there's, there's like a, a phrase for that, like multi-passionate person or something like that. Yes, yes. I've seen on TikTok. It's so funny. Because it's definitely me.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. But like you said, it's important to to spend that time to invest in things that you do enjoy because it just enriches your life and it gives you experience to maybe pursue other paths in life. So I love that you're doing that.
1: Yep. I have big plans of being um, old and just sitting there and painting for days.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> so I'm trying that. to
1: add those skill sets now.
0: <laughs> All right. So we are here to chat about homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So Erin, have you always homeschooled your kids how did you decide on that option for your family? Will you tell us a little bit about how you guys landed on homeschooling being the best fit for you and your kids?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my oldest is 11 now, and she'll be 12 this month. Um, and then I also have an 8-year-old that's going to turn 9, and then a 6-year-old. So I have kind of a, a good range, um, you know, 2 and 3 years between them. My oldest, we... Initially I had no plans to homeschool, by the way. I I was a public school student and um my best friend was homeschooled, but I had no plans to homeschool myself. And I was in the corporate world and um yeah, I was busy, busy climbing the ladder. When we had Daisy, my oldest, um, I was working and the military then moved us to Japan where I was not able to work anymore. And, um, that did not stop me from sending her to school. She went to a, um, she went to a private school and she even went to military base school, which is structured like a, um, just like public school is. Um, and the first week of that school, she would go to school and learned the letter A for the week. And then she would come home and read chapter books because From a very early age, she was very interested in learning and um, very interested in reading. And so she learned really young. And um, as she was really just bored in school, she was starting to get in trouble. And uh, because she would just find things to entertain herself, because to her, this was just too easy. So that definitely led us to okay, well, we're going to be moving soon anyway. So maybe I'll just continue homeschooling her, which in my mind, it was just pretty much what I'd been doing at home anyway, was just teaching her letters and numbers and stuff. And so I thought, well, since we're transitioning anyway to a new military base, maybe I'll just homeschool her for this part and then take her back to school afterwards so that I can do what I want to do. And this was before I had a direct sales business. I had other businesses and we really enjoyed it. We, she flourished, she, um, she just really enjoyed it. Her, the behavior issues stopped (laughs) and she was able to work at her own pace and, um, move quickly in all the subjects and the ones that she struggled with, we just sat in, you know, there was no expectation of, um, you know, you have to catch up because, um, I don't know, we were, I was just letting her work at her own pace and so by the time we were settled again, it was really hard to consider sending her to school because she was doing so well, I mean, and and we were able to move and she was just continued doing school and it just, it worked really well for our family.
0: If you would have sent her to school, maybe there was a fear that she would regress and maybe go backwards and start having the behavioral issues again or something like that. I'm sure that was in the back of your mind too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to undo all this progress and all this you know, all of this that we've, that we've established so far. And so I can Mm -hmm. see how that would be like, okay, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Well,
1: and you know, so she was kindergarten, first grade age, and it was hard, it was hard to, to imagine her going back to um, getting up early and staying somewhere for hours when she had gotten used to schooling You know, with chalk on the driveway or, Mm -hmm. you know, if she didn't want to write with a pencil, we would bring out the paints and she would practice writing with paint, you know, or Mm -hmm. um, we could be at the zoo with giraffes in front of us and books on our laps and, you know, do the same kind of schooling that she would have done in a classroom. Um, and then socially, I know social, the social aspect is often a, a concern or question that people bring up, but we were seeing kids every day, every day, there were different things going on, different activities, um, you know, gymnastics and sports and things. I mean, there was every single day she saw kids, um, but it was, I don't know, it was a a good controlled environment for, for me, um, that I could be involved with, um, yeah. All the different aspects of her life. I just really enjoyed it too. That's Daisy. And then I have two more boys afterwards. And my idea was, okay, well, I will send them to kindergarten, let them teach them how to read, and then they can come <laughs> back to me for the next grade. And- I know a
0: lot of moms who <laughs> <to> do that. <laughs> yes.
1: So that was my strategy because I thought, okay, well, Daisy went to kindergarten and she did great. And Well, you know, anyway, so they could teach them how to read because that's the part I don't really enjoy. Um, and so my second one, I sent to kindergarten and this was when, uh, right as COVID happened. So he got sent back Mm. anyway, but it was really hard for me because, um, I'm, I missed him, you know, and I think Mm. in most moms have that experience where they send them Mm. to kindergarten and they feel like they're sending their baby. Um, so I missed him. So there was that part of it. He has a lot of sensory issues, like with sensory sound, um, and a, cafeteria hallway, like those were very, um, triggering, you know, for him, for his sensory issues. And so he really struggled with that too. He did great at home because he didn't have the kind of loud constant sounds in the background. Um, so where I had committed to having him there for the year when the pandemic happened and school shut down anyway, I was very grateful to have him back Mm -hmm. home because it was hard to watch him struggle with that. Um, Mm -hmm. so, I already had a curriculum ready for him that I was going to pick up in the summer. But so we just started and he hasn't been back since then. My third son, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to school. I'm staying here with brother and sister.
0: (laughs) I love that. Yeah, You're right. That was a, I had a kindergartner as well during Mm -hmm. 2020. And I remember thinking like, am I, is this going to ruin him? Is he ever going to learn how to read? <laughs> and, uh, oh, we made it. He's a great reader now. I'm so grateful, but yeah, that yeah. was, that was a really it's an interesting time. It was an interesting time for so many of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually all, I should say all of us, it was for all of us. Mm-hmm. And with kids at home, it was just that extra layer of challenge. And I know every school did everything differently and every mm-hmm. uh, quote unquote homeschool experience that year was so different. Yeah. And, uh, I'm glad it was a really good experience for you guys. That's great. Now, do you guys take this year by year? Is this something that you'll reassess every year? I know a lot of families are like that. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, we love homeschooling, and we'll keep doing it as long as it makes sense, but if it ever in the future changes, or are you guys like, nope, homeschooling's it for us?
1: Yeah, I, I know what you mean. They're, um, and I, what I love about homeschooling is that we have that option in America. Not all countries have that option. Uh, Most countries don't allow homeschooling because it's more of a government um, regulated issue. But in America, we have the freedom to choose what kind of education our children receive as long as they do receive an education. Um, So I love that we have that freedom and I'm a full supporter of parents being able to choose that. Um, So I love that parents can do that. I am convinced that, um, as far as I can foresee that this is what's best for our family. Um, But, you know, at the same time, I do know that especially when you've got children that have unique needs, um, it's good to have, to be open-minded to what's best for them.
0: All right. So what does a typical homeschooling day look for you guys? I know that, again, I have a lot of friends who homeschool, so I love that for them. And I know that often they say that they can get much more done in a shorter amount of time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. will you tell us a little bit about what your what your typical homeschooling day looks like or homeschooling week, I should say?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess I should say first that we homeschool year round. And so what that looks like is we don't you know, start in September and try to finish by a certain time. Um, we are always schooling in some sort and I live in Florida, so it's, it gets really hot here and we live, um, a couple minutes from the beach, which I know is like your, your dream, <laughs> your dream territory. And so when the weather is, it's hot enough that my kids don't want to go outside and play that's when we do the most homeschool. So it's typically during the summer that we actually make the most progress through curriculums. Um, But then October, November, it is so nice here. And so, like, the weather is just perfect. And so we probably don't get as much curriculum done during those times. Um, But we can do that because we homeschool Um, year-round. I originally, when I started, had curriculum that was one lesson a day and I was like, "Nope, we are finishing this lesson every day, and um, it would be awesome if we could do two, so that we could finish in time for us to go on vacation." Um, but I don't do that now. I just say we make progress every day, and and the reason, the overall reason why we do that is because I want them to create that standard for themselves, where they are always making progress. So then it's not a something where they create the habit of they wait until the last minute and then they try to cram everything. Um, If you're always making progress in whatever it is that you are working on, then you will always be moving forward. And it's just a good habit for them to have. um, An overall goal that I have for my family as homeschoolers is that they just love to learn. An example of where I'm seeing success in that for my daughter, um, during church on Sunday, somebody mentioned something about a Jewish holiday that she had not heard of before. And so when we went to the library on Monday, she checked out books about Jewish traditions and Jewish holidays. And so she has been on her own researching that this week because that was something she was interested in. Um, And that is the self-initiative for learning that I really want my children to have. And so I'm able to foster that in my home by um, focusing our curriculum on Loving to learn and knowing how to how to research things and how to um, take something that is of interest to you and digging deeper with it
0: and that's so important because that is a life skill to keep learning and to research topics I mean you're doing that you're modeling that as their mother you're learning new things about different paint mediums and I think that's so great that you are showing them that it is a lifelong skill that they have to learn. I know that you think, you know, kids might think like, oh man, I just have to get to my senior year, you know, my, you know, or through college. And then I can just be an adult and just give up on school, but you don't ever stop learning. And so I love that you are showing that, showing them that at a young age, this doesn't stop. This is a life thing. Yeah, (laughs) it's true.
1: And um, so we followed kind of classical education and the, the idea of classical Learning is the idea that everything is integrated. Um, So, for instance, you know, math is connected to geography, and geography to Latin. And you know, there's like an integration of subjects. And I mean, that's just that's just reality. Like the things that that I learn in painting, I can use in graphic design. Things that I learn in um, you know my my lemongrass spa business, I use in homeschooling. You know, and it's it's just back and forth how it all connects. And I want them to be able to see that to make those connections in life too.
0: You're tempting me to homeschool. But I <laughs> and that's my goal today. I'm just <laughs> Yeah, right. Convert me. It sounds wonderful and I love what you are doing, but maybe, maybe you can just take my kids and yes, homeschool them Yes, I would do for that for me. you. They're, they're
1: okay. so cute. <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like your question was, what does like a typical day look like? Um, so I didn't even answer that question. <laughs> okay, so a typical day is um, revolving around teaching them how to – learn on their own. So I guess it does connect to what we were just talking about. Um, And the way that we do that is I am constantly trying to make them independent learners. Um, That doesn't mean to say, okay, this is what I want you to do, go do it. But to model for them what that looks like. And so it's things like when you wake up, there's some independent work that you can do on your own. Now I say that my boys have not figured that out yet. (laughs) but it's a process, right? It takes years to do. And so where my daughter is clicked with my daughter, with the boys, it's still a process. And so they have work that they can do on their own. Um, They know the topics that, um, and the subjects that we are going to be covering. And um, if they can do it without me, then they have more time to do other things, which is real life. Mm -hmm. You know, if we finish Mm -hmm. our work first, if we do our chores first, then we have time for other things that are more fun. And so they know that there's a certain number of things that we want to accomplish every day, which is just like a to-do list for an adult. And when that is done, then we get to move forward with other things. And then if they don't finish it by the time that we have scheduled events, well, it's still on their list of things to do. And so they get to manage their day of how they actually do that. Now I'm available certain times because I don't have time to be available all day long. So it's a, like a slow training of, okay, in during in these times in the morning, that is when you have help. So it's in your best interest to do this because otherwise, like, you know, you have to work around my schedule. And so it, it feels, it feels harsh when I'm saying that out loud, but it's, it's teaching them real world
0: things mm-hmm. that they're
1: learning, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't. You can't stay up until 10 at night doing homework. Like, we're not going to do that. You know, you're just going to have more to do tomorrow. It sounds so harsh saying it out loud.
0: No, no, I totally get it. Because it's like, it's almost like a miniature version of a workplace. Mm -hmm. You know, you're showing them that, you know, you have, you have this, a lot of time Mm -hmm. to get this work done. And like you said, it's in their best interest. It's, it makes the most sense and it's the easiest to get it done in that time. And so this is you learning how to do that.
1: So in the mornings, it's it's really the culture of our home to focus on learning. So we've got, um, you know, all the basic subjects that you would have in a classroom setting with math and writing and um, language arts. We talk a lot about grammar, and um, the goal is to have them learn, love to read, love to write, and that starts off when they're very young. Oh, and then the other one that, that is important to me is loving to draw um, so mm. I try to incorporate those three things into everything that we do the, the reading the writing and the drawing Because um, if you think about it even subjects even subjects like science include drawing because a scientist would have a notebook that they would sketch in and so yes. you can see that incorporated into different subjects and it's it's just a lot of fun to do together so we don't have like a ton of worksheets and things like that um, most of what we do with my boys especially, is conversation-based, and so we, we do a lot of talking, a lot of observing, we read a lot of books, um, and so that's where it's important that I have my schedule set up to where I can rest in that and I'm not thinking, okay, I need to finish this up so that we can move on to what I need to be doing, that I have that time where they have my complete focus so that we can have those conversations and we can figure out what what is piquing their interest and then teaching them how to dig deeper to learn more about Whatever it is uh, that they're interested in, um, and I saw that you know just this weekend with my daughter getting the library books for the topics that she had um, had some interest in.
0: and then you are involved, like you mentioned before in a classical conversations group, which is like a local like a regional type homeschooling group? Will you explain more for those who don't know what, what that is? Will you explain more about what that is? Sure.
1: So classical conversations is an international program. Um, but it is locally hosted at, um, at churches and the concept is focused on using classical education modeling for how to show moms how they can classically educate at home. Um, so we have been using it's in short, it's called CC for Classical Conversations, um, we've been involved in CC communities for, I think, five years now. And so my daughter has moved through that program. And um, at this point, I'm directing the, it's called Challenge A, which is Essentially, twelve-year-old students, and so I have a full class about ten students that are um, about twelve years old, and it is conversation-based, and it is um, it is an amazing experience because by the time they hit um, about twelve years old, at home we see our children constantly questioning us, and so it can come across as you know they're being disobedient or offensive, um, but the truth is at that age they are naturally um, developmentally wanting to question things. And it's not, um, it's not, you know, we have to teach them to be respectful in that, but it is a natural thing to question the world around you at that age. And so the program really encourages learning how to ask good questions and knowing that good questions are important and that they can know truth and that they can, um, and you know, that God is always at work around us. And so the, the concept of that I think is, is fundamentally very important. And, um, so I've, I've really enjoyed that program, but it's, it gives me more time with my daughter to have those good, deep conversations amongst her peers. But, um, but it also encourages the whole concept of what I'm trying to teach at home.
0: All right. So let's get down to it. Tell us about how you run your lemongrass spy, your social selling business with your homeschooling schedule
1: yes that is a great question and the answer i think probably in the shortest way is that i include my kids the way that i see this is that direct sales is an opportunity to teach my children about entrepreneurship about budgeting about the importance of ingredients and how to speak to people that you are just meeting. For me, this business is kind of incorporated into the way that I homeschool because I include my children. I um, I look for opportunities to not schedule them out of my schedule. I look back at my videos from four years ago you know where the big thing was going live you always have to go live right always live on facebook and nearly all of those videos have a child in them either running in the background or sitting in my lap or asking uh what is this what is this mama what is this and they're holding a lip balm and i look back and i'm glad that i didn't that i didn't try to schedule my children out of my business that I welcomed them in and said, you know what, this is, this is reality. And you can do this too, even if you have littles and if they're sitting in your lap, people will stop to watch your live because they are so unpredictable and very comical. And, um, and some of my best lives are the ones where the kids just knocked everything off the table (laughs) or, you know, kept wanting to put the lipstick on my face or, you know, whatever it was like, that unpredictability, I think people can really, they really relate to you.
0: Yes, definitely. Now you mentioned earlier that you have, that you're available, that your kids know that you're available certain times. Now the times that you're quote unquote unavailable, which you're never uh, totally unavailable to your children, like of course they can always come to you. But you had mentioned that. Now is that, Time where you work on your different businesses, your different passions, is that what you do during that time, or what um, when do you do you have intentional time that you work on your business throughout the day? I've heard a million times that you need to have office hours. What I have found
1: in reality what happens is sometimes you're going to be busier than others. I work my business in some form every day, but I don't have office hours in that you know, from this time to this time, my kids know, don't talk to me kind of thing. I asked my daughter yesterday, like, how do you know when I'm working on my lemongrass business? And she said, well, you always sit at the same desk. And usually there is another voice somewhere. So either I'm talking to somebody or I'm listening to a training or she just, she hears another voice and I'm sitting in this seat that I'm sitting in right now. And so she says, usually when you're sitting there, it's not just lemongrass. You're usually doing other things too, but, um, that's usually when you're working on your business. And so where I haven't said, okay, if I'm sitting here, don't talk to me. Like I, am not saying that, but they know that when I'm here, um, that I am working on something, they're welcome to listen. They're welcome to be involved. Um, if they want to come up and talk to whoever I'm talking to, you know, most of the time that's totally fine. Um, what they've when they were little, they would come up a lot. And sometimes um, I would have a live and we would be talking about a product. We'd be um, on social media doing a live call or whatever. And my daughter would come up to me and ask, Hey, what are you doing? And (laughs) I'd say, well, I'm talking about this product like during, during the live call. And she would go, Oh, well, what is it? And so then I would just talk to her. And so um, I found a lot of times it would happen where, the conversation that my audience was hearing was my conversation with my daughter of how I would explain to, you know, she's probably seven at the time. And so I would be explaining to her how something works and why it's important and, um, what the ingredients do. And so to be able to explain it to a seven-year-old kind of gives, gives a lot more information, I think. Um, so that was not planned, but because she knew she could approach me even when I'm sitting in this chair there were really some beautiful moments that my customers got to see and my team got to see because they, um, because she was welcome in the room and she was welcome in this business.
0: This is Jet. Hi. Uh, hi, Jet. He's 6, right? Jet? I'm 8 and I'm about to turn 9 in September. Oh, eight, almost 9. I couldn't see how tall you were. Sorry, I got that wrong. <laughs> I have an 8-year-old, almost 9-year-old. When's your birthday? September 14th. What? My son's birthday is September 14th. You guys are turning nine on the same day. You were born on the same day. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm so glad you popped in to say hi. This is Miss Tiffany. Tiffany. Hello. Okay, so what is, can you tell me, what does your mom do with lemongrass? Like, what, in your words, what does she do for a job?
1: She shows people, like, how
0: to work with lemongrass. Yes, and how to maybe use products that are good for them. Yeah, like, like... Like which like which one to use and which one not to use for, like your face or body? Yes. Yes. Why is it important to use products with good ingredients, do you know? Because you, So then you so then you know so then you know what to so then you know how to like put it on and and if you're allergic you won't buy it. And they just uh, That's wait right. and then you won't buy it. Yes. <laughs> That's great. That was so sweet to hear from him. I loved hearing his perspective. So, Aaron, what advice do you have for moms listening who are trying to homeschool and run a social selling business and do other things in life? I know that we've talked about, you know, incorporating kids and just going with the flow and just concentrating on progress every day instead of having to stick to a certain list, but do you have any any other advice for moms listening?
1: I would recommend that anyone at any stage really be okay with doing things differently. I think that goes well with your podcast, right? Like being unafraid to do things differently with your homeschool, with your business, with anything that you're doing in life. If you haven't a, a overall idea and goal of, what you're trying to achieve, the way that you achieve that will often be different from what you're being told you should be doing. And that's okay. Like, don't be afraid of that. Because I know when I started doing, uh, having a direct sales business, I had littles. My husband was always gone um, with the military deployed and and training. Um, And so I could not do in-home parties. I just couldn't. And, but I was comfortable online. So at that time, social selling was not a thing, but, um, that was what I wanted to do with my business because it worked well with my family and my homeschool scheduling. Um, and so it was different and I was told, okay, this is not sustainable. You can't do direct sales this way. You have to be in people's homes. And so I took a chance doing things differently, even when I was told that this is not the way you do it and it, it worked out well. And so I feel like homeschooling. I I did it that way as well. I did it differently, and um, to go through confidently doing something different to know that, like, hey, I can always change it. Like, if it doesn't work out, we can do it differently again. But to to make that choice for myself, and when somebody tells me otherwise, I just say, okay, thank you for your feedback, you know, <laughs> and then just keep moving forward, um, being okay with. Doing things differently, whether it's homeschooling or running your direct sales business, different often is just the way that things will be done in the future. And it's just, it just feels different now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Like you said, because, you know, even five years ago or so, direct sales was pretty much Mm a done in person. And now it's pretty much Mm -hmm. the opposite. And so having that. Forethought and the courage to do things differently has worked out for sure. And especially with direct sales, social selling, homeschooling, those are things that if something's not working, you can try it a different way, or you can, like you said, you can send them to a traditional school. You can, you know, switch to a different. Direct sales company. You can try in-home parties instead. There are so many different ways to do both of those things. That, like you said, it's just it. It doesn't right. hurt to try, and to try a different way.
1: Yeah, and that doesn't mean you're you failed. It it's just part of the process of of figuring things out. I would want my kids to to see me doing things that don't always work out. Like I need to fail at home in a safe space doing things like drug sales and homeschooling and whatever it is that I'm learning so that they can see that it's good that you're failing sometimes, because if you can learn from that and um, go about it different ways, like that just makes you um, able to learn even more about the things that you're interested in.
0: Now, in last week's episode, Bailey and I chatted about how we wished we could, we would have had more grace with ourselves as young moms of little tiny kids. So it prompted me to ask you this week, what would you tell yourself if you could go back in time and just give younger Erin a hug (laughs) and a word of advice? What would you tell yourself?
1: Well, it's interesting that you use the word grace because I named my business Give Grace Grow um, because every year I would have like a word that I focused on and the first year was giving everything was about giving of myself and giving for my business and that was the year that i that i gave that i started the concept of giving 100% of my profits away and the next year the word was grace and that was because i needed grace and i needed to remind myself to give myself grace and to give my kids grace and to give my husband grace like we we had just moved from overseas and it was um, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. And I just we just, everybody needed grace. And then the next year was about growth and like, okay, now I'm settled. Now I'm ready to grow my business. I'm ready to grow myself. I'm ready to continue growing these kids. Um, so those three years were really foundational for the way that I run my business and the way that I talk to my teammates and the way that I um, homeschool my children. And so those three years with those three words really was something I wanted to remember. And so that's why I named my business that to kind of remind me of those three core things that are um, foundational for moving forward of everything that I'm involved with. But that, that year where grace was the word, like that's the year that you're talking about, like looking back, um, because that is, that is definitely what we needed in that season, um, was grace from grace all around. But looking back too, I know that you know, you only know what you know at at that time. And I I feel like sometimes if we knew more, we wouldn't be able to handle the truth. (laughs) We wouldn't be able to handle all of the information in those seasons of life because we're in the seasons that you're talking about. We're typically not getting enough sleep. We're not confident in what it is that we're doing. We're not even confident in who we are as a person. And so how are we supposed to teach our children how to be confident in who they are when we're trying to figure out who we are. And, um, so I think the grace comes in knowing that like, that's the information you can handle at this point and you will get more information when it's time. And so you just do the best you can with what you know. And, um, and that's where you have to give yourself and everyone around you grace to go, okay, this is just a season and next season will be different, you know, better or worse, but then that will just be a season as well. And so, um, that's, that's the grace that we have to give each other and ourselves.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like you said, seasons, they're so short. And so, you know, anybody can do something for a short amount of time. Right. And so, yes, just realizing that those seasons are short. And I love that you are choosing to spend these, this short season of, of child rearing with your kids. I love their being so intentional about that choice and just uh, spending so much time and as much time as you can with them and teaching them and helping them just see the world through their own perspective and learning how how that works. And so this has been such a sweet conversation. I have loved learning about your version of homeschooling and how you do it differently and how you incorporate your social selling business into that and around that and around your family and you're you're showing others that it can be done. And so if you are listening and you're discouraged and you're like, I can't homeschool and run a business, you can. Aaron is proof of that. So thank you so much for sharing that perspective with us today. I've loved learning about your your homeschool experience.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Tiffany. This is always so much fun. It's just like we're sitting around drinking coffee and chatting. So
0: thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode In my opinion, it's way more fun to share life with a friend. So if you loved what you heard today, feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your socials so your friends can listen into the show too. Don't forget to tag me at Directly Different Podcast and I'll be sure to give you a shout out. Speaking of social media, follow me on Instagram at Directly Different Podcast and send me a DM. I'd love to continue the conversation. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.